And welcome to the WRSU crew, Chris Akonis, Jake Schmid, and Kaor Palan here. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Good, good so far. How are you, Chris? Getting by, just waiting, hoping, and praying that we can get all of our leagues back in a reasonable amount of time, although we're making a lot of progress this week. Yeah, a lot good. of changes. It's good so far. How are things with you, Schmid? Things are good. Things are good. I'm excited that I'll be cutting my hair in a couple weeks, so I'm looking forward to that day. <laughs> You're the one that needs a haircut, man. My, my situation is dire. The listeners can't see it, but it, it's not good. Don't go by my Insta, because that was all before the quarantine, so. I think all of us are going through the same thing, so. <laughs> yeah. We're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Well, we had a pretty eventful week in the news with all the protests going on, you know, speaking out against racial injustice and, you know, police violence and all those very serious issues all across the country. And we've seen that really play, bleed over into the world of sports, too, with, you know, various NBA, NFL athletes speaking up on social media. We've seen a lot of social media trends in recent days, like Blackout Tuesday. And it just seems like there's a huge movement coming together over this and it's really been all that the sports world could talk about like steve peichel addressed it for much of his press conference which he had the other day which we're going to air for you later on around 4 30 and i don't know guys i just want to get your initial thoughts on what's going on it's just it's another example of just sports and bleeding in with the politics that we and the the really the whole climate of everything getting on and how athletes are using their platform uh, to kind of just unite. And there's, we know there's a lot of divisions everywhere, and racial injustice is a terrible thing that's been going on for since the beginning of this country. Um, but it's really, I really like what I've been seeing from, like, especially like LeBron James and Steve Kerr. I've been on Twitter a lot. I've seen Steve Kerr, who's been uh, very, uh, very quick to point out um, that this has been starting, this has been brewing for a couple of years, and he's a, a big activist himself, and I, I, he's a big, good guy to follow. I've really been looking at him a lot in this whole thing, and a lot of players like, uh, yeah, like LeBron James and the whole league putting out statements. Um, although the the Knicks really never really did say anything. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't really think they said much. They weren't one of the first teams that initially said anything it was or the Giants either a lot of the other teams in the leagues came out first to speak out against it which I thought was interesting too yeah I think the Knicks got a little bit of backlash because of what uh, James Dolan and the chair has said uh, about just operations continuing as usual amidst all this uh, you know controversy that's going on but I think one thing that's pretty cool is that with sports, a lot of people can come in and unite and kind of just um, agree on different views or kind of agree to disagree sometimes as well. But at the same time, the athletes, you, as you guys mentioned, they're, you know, they almost become the spokesperson or spokespeople for large groups and large uh, um, fan bases. And the media kind of eats that up as well. Uh, this can go good or bad as well. You know, with LeBron James, we see a large gathering behind him and support. And, you know, he wants to be a leader in, in whatever changes to come. Uh, but then the flip side, you can also get backlash and your your comments can be taken out of context or maybe, you know, disagreed upon or kind of uh, viewed in a bad way, as we saw with the case of Drew Brees yesterday. 
the whole thing with Drew Brees just, I feel like it kind of just came out of nowhere because, I mean, Drew yeah. Brees, this is a guy that has been idolized in the city of New Orleans and really around the country for so many years. And, you know, he basically came out and said the other day to Sports Illustrated, like, I don't agree with people protesting during the national anthem. And we saw that was a huge contentious issue a couple of years ago. And now that's really been brought back to light with these recent protests. And we saw the city of New Orleans basically turn on him. People were angrily chanting about Drew Brees yesterday in New Orleans. And it was it was pretty bad. He came out and apologized earlier on Thursday. So he seems to have realized that it probably wasn't the best idea to say that given the current climate. But it just goes to show that sometimes, you know, athletes can trip on the words, say something that, you know, may not be really sensitive to how people are feeling at this moment. And it just shows how passionate everyone is about what's a really serious issue. That's interesting. You bring up the whole response to New Orleans because I remember when Hurricane Katrina happened, Drew Brees was one of the first people that helped out and helped open up the Superdome for uh, people who were dispersed from the flooding and from the hurricane and helped like he pinned people in the stadium and he gave them clothes and and um, and food and he he helped I uh, even rebuild houses too. So that's really interesting that they've uh, that they um, they had all the protests in New Orleans and that people were calling him out on that even though he's been like a huge community figure in that city since like Katrina and all the, the travesties that have happened. But I don't agree. I, I agree that with your point though, that he, um, that like glitch with that. Um, he said, I remember Malcolm Jenkins said, uh, that ain't right or something like that. He quoted uh, Breeze in a tweet or Instagram post or something. And he got a lot of backlash from the NFL community too. Yeah. And I feel like it's, uh, you know, we also had Michael Thomas, kind of his own teammate, uh, speak up against him as well. You know, without uh, of politics aside, Drew Brees, I I would say many sports fans and fanatics would agree that he's a people person. You know, everybody likes him. He likes people, and it's like a um, what is it called when it's like a, a type of relationship where it's like you both both it's like a win win, right? So it's not um, it's like a mutual beneficial kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like he. Yeah, everybody gets helped in one way or another. But uh, as we saw in times like this, I feel like, uh, Chris, as you mentioned, comments can, you know, it's critical to see, kind of get an understanding of what you're going to say before you say it rather than just, you know, spewing out your opinion. Yeah, definitely, KR. And another point I want to bring up in the context of this whole conversation is, you know, how Rutgers athletes have been responding. We've seen a pretty strong presence on social media from guys like Geo Baker, Ron Harper Jr. Um, I know Greg Schiano was talking about it on the Michael K show the other day. I don't know if you guys got a chance to listen to that. Steve Peichel, as I said before, mentioned it in his press conference at the beginning of the week. And of course, C. Vivian Stringer, someone who has been really at the forefront of all of that for the last half century coaching in women's basketball. She put out a statement really addressing this. So it's pretty clear that Rutgers students and Rutgers coaches are, you know, really doing a good job of taking this kind of thing seriously and really being vocal. And even more encouragingly, it looks like the Rutgers fan base is more or less rallied behind them entirely, which I, I thought was very encouraging to see. Did you see the um, video that the went viral from Rutgers football, the hashtag shop for change? Did yeah, I did see that. that. On social media? Yeah, I did see yeah, that. Yeah, that was amazing. Like I, I was reading an article about that, that how it, uh, it came up about the the players, the uh, the young black men, the players. They were they were calling for changes in social justice. They like condemned 
racism and all that, and they're more than football players. And we, uh, it, it's kind of cool that uh, Shiano was saying that um, – he actually was saying in an article to uh, Ryan Dunleavy of the New York Post, he was quoted with saying, like, we called what was not a planned team meeting on Wednesday to just talk for me and the coaches to listen about the players and their experiences, and they have this dialogue going on. And that was, like, really something to see. And the whole – like, I think ESPN College Football's account retweeted Rutgers, and it was really cool to see that they were uh, – they were rallying behind this, and I know in a football locker room, it's a, I saw a few athletes, a couple athletes tweet about it. It's really, it's like a brotherhood kind of thing. Like, it doesn't matter your color or your ethnicity or your race or the level of income, anything. Everybody's playing together in the sport. It's like you're, you're in, the, in battle together kind of thing, and it's like that's kind of what I really like to see from that video. I really, if, if people saw that video, and it would really open up their opinion and open up their eyes to really what these people are doing and using their platform for. Yeah, and I, I think this kind of extends off the uh, mentality that Steve Peichel and the team brings on the court and how, uh, how it you know it's showcased off the court. No matter how big or small like, the Rutgers community is, um, they want to be the leaders in you know, speaking up for a change, whether it be just in their community or worldwide. You know, they want to be a part of the movement. They want to use their platform to kind of uh, speak, the, speak their opinion, but at the same time hear others out and you know, listen to them, listen to their uh, problems, help them out however they can. And it's kind of interesting to see how um, it's not only the players, but the entire coaching organization also following their footsteps as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, something that I, I thought has been pretty interesting about everything we've seen in the past week is it feels like the momentum isn't it's not losing any steam. Like, I feel like people are really passionate about actually making sure that change comes out of this. And it's not like, you know, some people were afraid, especially with the whole Blackout Tuesday thing and stuff like that, that this would turn into like a fad and it would fade away in a couple of days and ultimately nothing would be changed. But it really looks as though there's a lot of momentum behind this movement and that it's going to keep going and we're going to keep seeing people speak out. I mean, we're now in what day 10 of protests across the country. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. I mean, there you go right there. That's just going to be a sign that, uh, this isn't going anywhere and rightfully so. And, you know, hopefully we see some meaningful change come out of this. Yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing with how the whole communities are rallying against each other. And we see a, I like how the whole, like, a lot of people in New Jersey especially are doing a peaceful protest, like, well, in, uh, in, um, in Asbury Park and, like, in my area in, uh, in Livingston and West Orange are doing a lot of uh, demonstrations in, like, the town centers. And a lot of people are going there with the signs and supporting, like, just justice and equality and that's like the at its core isn't that's like what it's all about like everybody being equal everybody having access to the same opportunity but unfortunately uh it, it, the system is a little messed up and a little chaotic um which is which is a problem and um it's cool it's really really great that this conversation is it's a necessary conversation it's something that needs to keep happening uh during not just after the days after the protest, but the months, the years, the decades. It's really something so that change can happen. And I think that everybody's realizing that now, and the, the athletes are realizing that now, and the communities are going to start rallying behind them. It's going to start creating a really strong dynamic, I think, too. 
Yeah, and I feel like it also comes in a very controversial time where uh, we're going to have our next presidential election as well. So a lot of people are kind of uh, connecting dots and connecting the happenings that are going on right now to kind of ask for a bigger change, not only to the system, but to the, you know, to the personnel that's in charge, to the other um, governmental personnel that's in charge of different agencies or whatever it may be. They want to yeah. change the spread rather than just you know, it'd be a one-time thing. They want it to continue for years to come. Uh, and it, it'll be interesting where it goes from here on, but I think it's it's very important that um, even celebrities and sports athletes use their platform to kind of voice their change. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see uh, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's um, video earlier this morning that he posted where he's kind of, um, you know, being, I, what, what I saw it as is he was basically speaking as if he were a leader. And I think if all athletes or celebrities speak in that manner, where they can create little hubs of um, different, you know, proposals or solutions to, to change, you know, kind of uh, prepare and plan a different type of attack on um, how this may be solved, it'll be interesting to see where we'll be, you know, maybe a year or two from today. I couldn't have said it better myself. And, you know, one thing I saw getting away from the sports side of it a little bit, but I thought this was really encouraging to see was in Seattle last night, they initially had a curfew. I think it was supposed to be 9 p.m. But the police chief in Seattle basically came out to the crowd of protesters late in the afternoon and was like, listen, you guys have been so peaceful and so respectful about how you've been protesting. We're going to cancel a curfew. You guys can stay as long as you want. I really thought that was a really nice thing to see because it really symbolized everyone sort of coming together yeah yeah it's great and i've seen a lot of the videos that have gone viral of uh police chiefs really uh stepping in there and and some of them i saw an asbury park video that they were uh kneeling with the protesters one of them and some of the officers were taking part and just like and walking with them there was i think it was georgia if i'm not mistaken there was a cnn article online where this one Police chief, uh, they ch- the protesters chanted, walk with us, and he walked with them, and he talked to them, and he was able to just, just walk with them, and being able to put himself like in their shoes and seeing their perspective, too, I think that's just a really brilliant thing, too. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we've seen a lot of uh, both sides of the issue uh, um, throughout the media. Uh, you know, there's videos from people, protesters, and then there's videos from uh the other side of the cops um, kind of being, I would say, um, treating, treated unfairly as well. But I think what needs to happen is, uh, in my opinion, is basically to, to get inequality for everyone is basically you need to work together. I think the number one thing we, we need to do is kind of first hear everybody out, hear the different views that are out there. And the best way to do the, that is, you know, social media, as we saw, is everything kind of spreads pretty quickly uh but if there you know if there's a bigger platform uh that way it's probably going to be to talk to somebody in charge in the government and kind of voice their opinions and i think the protests are a very very effective way of getting a lot of the people's attentions that you can reach out to but um i think the next step to to actually get the change that we're mentioning is kind of you know proposed ideas like i mentioned before but it's I would say it's going to be a difficult but very, very possible task, uh, and that's something I feel like everybody in this country is hoping for right now. Um, 
you know, we thought that after the COVID-19 outbreak, nothing could get worse because everybody's inside. But um, we clearly saw that there, there are things that are worse in America that need to be solved immediately. So, Yeah, we need more unity is what we need. But I think we're starting to see it. And, you know, I'm hopeful that we can see some meaningful change on that front in the next few months, in the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely. All right. And with that, we're going to step aside. On the other side of this break, we'll be bringing you the full press conference that Rutgers men's basketball head coach Steve Peichel had for the media earlier this week. Don't go anywhere. This is the WRSU crew on 88.7 WRSU-FM, New Brunswick. Welcome back to the WRSU crew. I'm Chris Taconis. Earlier this week, Rutgers men's basketball head coach Steve Peichel spoke with the media concerning both the recent events surrounding the death of George Floyd and also Rutgers athletics returning to campus beginning on June 22nd. Here is the full audio from that press conference now. I'm just going to start by this written you know, statement. I fully support the fight for change in our country. What happened to George Floyd in Minneapolis is unacceptable and wrong. Uh, my heart really goes out to his family and all the families that have been affected by similar events. You know, racial injustice has existed in our country for too long. In the year 2020, it's evident that we have a long way to go and a lot of work to do. Um, you know, I pledge really to do everything I can as the head men's basketball coach at Rutgers University to be actively involved in the positive change that needs to happen. Our program will take meaningful action and be in the forefront of this effort. We will embrace the work that needs to be done in order to provide a better future. Um, we all must stand together to create the change that is needed in this country because lives are at stake. And, uh, you know, I really just wanted to say that. I, I really have thought a lot about this and um, it's awful, it's wrong. And, you know, I want our program, not just me, you know, I want, my players, my staff, all the people associated with our program to be active, um, you know, to, to, you know, do a great job with creating an environment of change and things have to change. Um, you know, I've had a lot of unbelievable conversations the last few days. I, I want to be a great listener as a leader, um, but I want our program and, and we're going to have a program statement too coming out you know, soon, because I want my players, I love the fact that they, they're utilizing their social platforms to, uh, you know, voice their opinions, and, and, and they're doing some unbelievable things. They're great. They're great kids. They're great representatives of Rutgers University, but we need to change, and, and I want our program to be active in that, not just putting out statements, but ha have a, a program in place that other universities can say, wow, you know, they're doing a tremendous amount of good try to make this world a better place. And I, I believe in people and I believe in my program and I want to be, um, you know, really a program that, that doesn't just talk it, that we walk it. And so um, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my team back and, 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 and starting to not only attack the season that we have in front of us and, um, you know, the coronavirus, but social injustice too. I want to attack that and, and, and try to make this, you know, a better place and, and, and a, a country of change. And we need to do that. So I just wanted to, you know, kind of put that out there before, you know, talking about basketball and about all those other issues. I hope you guys are healthy. 
and safe. And I hope you guys are blessed. And I know you'll be a part of, you know, making change. And we, we all have to do better. And we are in a country right now that we, we need to be better. And we need to treat everyone the right way. There's right and there's wrong. And what has happened is wrong. So I, I want to be part of that change and making things right. Treating people the way everybody needs to be treated. So, you know, I'm proud of my, you know, team and I'm proud of their accomplishments this year. Um, I'm a proud of their accomplishments in the classroom and the type of people they are, but this is part of what we need to attack to and, and, and try to make change with. So uh, I'm looking forward to putting in a really comprehensive game plan um, for how to, how to make this world a better place. So just wanted to kind of start, you know, with that before start about these other things aren't as important when you start thinking about, you know, what we're dealing with. And I think about my players, as I said to you, Joe Baker, the last three months, four months, has lived a lifetime, you know, between Kobe and between the tournament being canceled and between the pandemic and now uh, George Floyd and, and the unbelievable uh, situation there. So I really, uh, I miss my players. I look forward to getting them, you know, back. And uh, I look forward to trying to take that next step, too, with them. So, uh you know, I just wanted to leave you guys or lead, lead with that. Um, but on a basketball and pandemic standpoint, um, we are hoping soon to get our players back. Um, you know, the second summer session is starting up here on June 22nd. Kind of been targeting that date, Jerry, um, right. with our guys, James, like 22nd. A, because it's an academic start. Um, but B, too, um, I think the state starting to open up and we had a nice talk today with the governor too who's been great i can only tell you pat hobbs and, and and the governor during this time their leadership has been you know really tremendous when there's no playbook on how to attack all the issues in the pandemic uh that that come from it so we're in constant contact with you know our team dr dr brichard's been awesome just putting together the steps get these guys back on campus and to do it safely and, 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 and to make sure they feel comfortable. It's voluntary. They do not have to come back. Uh, luckily for us, we're in an unbelievable academic situation. Our players did a great job academically. So um, kids don't have to be back for academic reasons, but um, you know, to get them back. And I think they're ready to come back too. Uh, we also we had a team GPA this semester, the highest ever in school history. 3.5 team GPA, unbelievable. Um, Randy Larson does a great job with our guys, and, and our guys did a great job of attacking the online classes and all the different obstacles they had to take. And we had for the year a 3.1 team GPA, cumulative, which is unbelievable. We had nine students, the 3.5 or better. Uh, we have 16 players with 3.0 or better. I mean, just you know, an unbelievable academic semester in light of all the different obstacles that we had to face during this period. So I'm really thankful to my team and, and, and to all the support staff around that make that happen. But my guys did a great job academically. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud of, I'm proud of that. Um, but that's our next step here, Get, you know, getting them back on campus and, and slowly they're going to be tested multiple times. Um, so we get them back into basketball shape, get them with Coach Van Dyke so we could start our journey, you know, to have another great season like, like we had last year. I also want to uh, 
you know, just congratulate. We had four guys graduate, Quasi, Peter Kiss, and Shaq, and Joey Downs. They're all moving on, doing great things. Quasi's getting ready to sign a contract. Shaq has got teams that he can go play for. Joey's going to go to uh, LMU uh, film school. And obviously, you know, Peter's transferring. Um, he's going to do some great things uh, at Bryant. So, uh, you know, very thankful to those guys. And I only wish I got a graduation picture with all of them. Um, not a virtual picture, but a real one. Uh, but we'll have to get them all back and celebrate them being able to graduate um, at some other time. Hopefully during the season we can get that back or at the end of the season. So, um, you know, those, those are some of my updates. I'm sure you guys got a million questions. I don't have a lot of answers, Jerry, but you guys can go ahead and fire away. Boy, Steve, there's a lot to unpack here uh, for sure. Like you said, let, let me start with uh, going back to, to George Floyd and Steve, your, the conversations you've had with your players, I mean, what, what have you said to them and, and the listening you've done, what have you heard from them? You know, Jerry, I think a really good thing to do at this point in time is just be like a really good listener. Um, and, you know, uh, the things that they've gone through, um, you know, and this isn't just my players, it's the staff too. Um, you know, we've just had some really, you know, good conversations and, and more so on, on how moving forward, you know, we can affect change, you know, the different steps. I mean, we have on our own campus, the Paul Robeson Cultural Set Center, and, and, and he was one of the pioneers too, an activist back in the 20s. The New Jersey Institute for Social Injustice out of Newark. There's some really good resources here in, in New Jersey. And, you know, and, and our players have talked a lot about, you know, some of the different things that we can do and voting being a part of that, fundraising, and, uh, using our visibility as a program. So we're kind of coming together with a, like a, a game plan. And we don't have all the answers right now with it, but, um, you know, really what I'm hearing from everyone, change has to happen. That's really, Jerry, what I'm hearing. And, and we all need to be a part, you know, of that change. Uh, from the basketball coaches to teachers to uh, regular people in the community to media, we have to make sure their stories are heard. Um, you know, make sure we're writing more articles about the injustices that are going on. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think, um, you know, as we come together as a team, uh, formulate our game plan, because I want to be at the forefront of, of the change and uh, have a good game plan, you know, moving forward. But it's been some great, you know, dialogue and, and, and found out a lot about people. When you listen, you find out a lot. And it's a great time to be a great listener for all of us. Thanks, Steve. No problem. Steve, it's, it's James. I guess, what do you tell the guys since they're so far away? And I know we've seen Gio and Ron, you know, they're very outspoken. I mean, what kind of guidance do you give them? And I guess the other question is, is everyone kind of safe, you know, and everything? Because I know you have some guys here hot spots. I mean, you, you know, I'm proud of our guys, and I'm, I appreciate that they have a voice, and I support them, you know, fully uh, with their platforms. Um, you know, I think they're going through the same thing a lot of people go through. There's a lot of you know, self-reflection. There's a lot of what can we do to move things forward. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of questions. I don't know if there's a lot of answers right now, but I think there's a lot more questions. But those questions are good things, too, uh, to be asked. And, you, you know, I, I think our players and our program wants to be a part of, of the solution and, and a part of change. So, you know, they've been safe, our guys. Our guys have been working out. That's what I, I, you know, I love about our guys. 
Um, I recruited guys. That was a big thing. Uh, you know, I know they're working out. I know they're, you know, conditioning as best they can in the environments that they're at or with the equipment and facilities that they have to take advantage of. But they've been safe. I think they're looking forward to get back to campus. But, but they've had to take in a lot the last few months. And uh, that's why I'm so proud of, of what they accomplished and the, and the things that they've done, even during the middle of, you know, uh, an unprecedented time. Um, um, you know, so uh, I think as they, you know, get back on campus and get back to some normalcy, uh, you know, with their basketball, it'll, it'll, be a good, it'll be a good thing for them. But we got to bring them back and they got to be healthy. And it's, you know, strictly volunteer too, you know, if they want to stay where they're, they are and they feel good about that, then they stay where they are. Um, I think a lot of them are kind of itching to get back and get in the gym, and, you know, to be around each other. And I think that would, you know, help us a great deal right now. Steve, it's Bobby. I just wanted to ask you, uh, you mentioned your players being active on social media. I saw Paul Mulcahy, he started a Grateful for Challenge Foundation. Can you talk about that a little bit? You know, you know, I love the fact, you know, I recruit good people from good families and, and um, you know, I, I think this is just a part of it. I think Geo was a part of the Step Back Challenge, which I think was great, especially for the youth and Rutgers Nation. And now Paul with the Grateful Four Foundation, um, you know, just making the world a better place. And, and I think our guys have a lot of that. And, you know, proud that Paul would take on that initiative. And uh, hopefully you guys will jump on too and, and, and you will. Uh, do a video and, and talk about the things you're grateful for because we, we all have a tremendous amount of things that are grateful for. Sometimes in these tough times, you forget about those things, but uh, we all have a lot to be grateful for. So um, I'm excited that our guys, uh, you know, have vision like that and have those kind of uh, uh, goals and, and uh, proud that, you know, we started that up and, and hopefully it's something that can, you know, generate a lot of good. Uh, in, in the state of New Jersey and in the world. Steve, you said you talked with the governor today. Was that all the coaches at Rutgers or, or just you? Yeah. I mean, it's just, just a few of us that are bringing our teams back right now. Okay. Um, and, you know, he's been tremendous. Um, and, you know, it just goes so very safety conscious and very protective. Um, he's done an unbelievable job. The numbers here in New Jersey have come down. He's, made a, a ton of great calls and uh, you know he was just looking to make sure we we were all on the same page um so it was uh it was a great call hey coach rich here from our rivals how's it going rich i'm doing great you you well yeah i can't complain so um this year it's going to be a little weird without an aau season for recruiting wise how difficult does that make your job and what is your thoughts on the virtual live periods that some teams are going to host yeah i mean uh i mean recruiting changing by the minute all the time you're hearing different rumors when it's going to start up when it's not you know i feel real good about our program because i think we got a lot of really good young players um i feel really good you know about you know, the kids that we're involved with, but it's very different recruiting. I'm, I'm very much a come and see and watch us practice and meet the people involved in the program. I think what sells Rutgers basketball is the people. Um, it's very hard to get that feel when you're doing virtual recruiting calls and doing virtual tours. Um, we have the best facility now in the country. Uh, it's very hard to, um, you know, to get that feel, even though we do the best we can with the virtual tours. 
you know, we do a really good job too in player development. It's hard to see that too when guys aren't on campus, you know, working on their game. So, you know, there's just challenges now. Recruiting's, you know, just challenging. And, you know, when you throw in now the transfer portal has more players than the history of the transfer portal. And it's only gonna get, you know, numbers are only gonna go sky high more. You just got a lot of a lot of moving parts. So I'm very thankful my staff has done a good job. I feel really good about where we are. I love the young kids that we brought in. I love our older kids. Um, you know, hopefully very soon we'll get to get back out and, and evaluate some kids that we haven't seen, you know, and that's a big part of April and that's a big part of May and that's a big part of June uh, and July, obviously. So, uh, you know, I don't know when that next live period is going to be to open up. I, I, um, you know, film is great. Uh, every highlight film I ever see never has a miss in it. So everyone, but you know, it, it really isn't the way I want to, you know, evaluate, you know, but we do the best we can during the times we have right now. Appreciate it, coach. Steve, uh, you mentioned, you mentioned testing when the players return to campus, any idea of what that'll look like or what, what you'll need to do or how frequently any parameters at all, or just a general idea that you're going to have to test these guys a lot. Yeah, I mean, we're going to test them a lot. I mean, we're still kind of working out the details. I just know that, um, you know, it's going to be constant while they're there on campus. That's to keep everybody safe, uh, especially our players and the staff, too. Um, you know, and we are uh, uh, going to do a really good job of trying to keep them, you know, uh, socially distancing and, and, and making sure we keep the environment um, there's going to be ways to come in the building. There's going to be temperature checks when you come in. You're going to have to fill out forms about how you feel today. Um, you know, just a lot of different things from the cleaning of the basketballs to how many people can be in the weight room. Once, you know, we want to try to do a really good job um, and go to the nth degree to make sure nothing, you know, nothing happens to our players. So a lot of testing. Uh, you know, a lot of structure to who comes in the building and when, um, a lot of detail to, you know, checking temperatures and knowing how they're feeling, you know, when they leave and when they get to campus. Um, and having meetings outdoors too, I think those are the nice things now with the APC that we have an outdoor, you know, set up too, where we could have meetings in, in places that uh, we didn't have in the past with the rack. So, um, you know, our facility I feel now is well more equipped for dealing with this pandemic than the rack would have been. So I feel, you know, really good about that and, and the different uh, things that we're putting in place, um, you know, to keep our guys safe. A whole new look, Jerry, whole new look to everything. I, I bet. A, a whole new normal. I mean, the calls that I've had and the details, you know, that we're going through and, um, you know, to make sure, you know, everyone, everyone's safe and, and it's going to be a continual thing too. It's not just first day come in test and then no continuation of all that continue to remind them uh, about, about, you know, their responsibilities. And that's what I like about my team. They're very responsible, um, but they're going to have to be responsible too for who they let into their uh, community, you know, uh, very important. Steve, I, I guess my question would be, because I know there's different guidance for indoor versus outdoor. You guys are going to be able to actually practice inside in the gym. I don't like to be funny. I'm just like, are you sure of that? No, I never said we're practicing. We can't practice. I mean, no, I meant like June 22. 
workouts or anything? Well, they're volunteer workouts is what okay. they are. And so, you know, I feel, you know, bad for Coach Chiano, by the way. It's his birthday today, so happy birthday, Coach <laughs> But, um, you know, I, we can work out one player. Okay. Like, uh, you know, I'm hoping on July 1, which hasn't been established yet either, that they go back to eight hours, um, you know, with us. But, uh, I mean, we can really adjust our numbers, you know, to whatever we need. And we can utilize, like Dave Van Dyke in our weight room, we can actually push the weights outside. We have a window that opens. You know, we, we have a lot more things available to us. And our numbers are just going to be smaller. We may have 10 guys on campus. Like, it, you know, we can work out in groups of two. We can work out in groups of three. We can group, work out in groups of one. You know, and, and I'm not so worried about contact right now. You know, that's going to have to come later. Um, we can do things individually where there's no contact. So, um, you know, we're going to do everything that we can through the guidelines of what we need to do. But we can really shift our numbers around. We're not, we're not a football program. We're not. Uh, with those kind of numbers and, and, you know, we have plenty of room in our facility to make sure we lift weights, whatever that number is, um, small numbers or what have you. So, you know, I feel really good about that. I wouldn't feel as good. It's just a rack, but I feel really good. We have way more space in our facility now. We have way more ways to work out outside. And I hope, too, that we can do some workouts outside, too, because I think that, you know, guys have been doing that anyway. So, we can get shots up on an outdoor court too. So, um, you know, just like to get them back so they get back into, you know, basketball shape and get back into the weight room and have the facilities available that we have for them. I just want to clarify, the, the, the order itself seemed to be about outdoor activities. And obviously, basketball is played indoors. Um, how do you kind of prepare for the season? Do you have different plans about when games might be played? I guess there's some thought that everything might get shifted and start in January, potentially. I mean, you know, like you guys, I've heard everything. And I don't really know if anyone has, you know, any idea. I think it's a good thing as the NFL and the NBA, all these teams are starting back up. I think that's a good sign for college athletics. But I think they're going to have to make decisions on football season for us. Um, you know, so I've heard anything from league season to – pushing things back. And then I heard we're starting on time. So, um, you know, I don't think anyone quite knows that today on June 1st, I think it's going to be a change, you know, uh, you know, change by the month. And as we get a little bit closer, kind of, you know, get a better feel for everything, you know, and that's, that's kind of, you know, I've, I've talked on these WebExes and zoom calls with, you know, everyone talks and there's a lot of different models. And, you know, I think until the States start opening up until, you know, we have a real good control over this virus. I think you're going to just continue to speculate, you know, on, on everything coming across the board. But we're counting on having a great season. And, you know, I want to prepare that way. You know, that's why I want to get my guys back to, you know, campus and get them back to, uh, you know, what they kind of know. Steve, have you have you been able to sort of uh, advise these guys on how to how to stay in shape during these strange lockdown conditions as far as getting shots up or whatever they can do? You know, I mean, we've, we've done, we have calls every, every week with them. Um, you know, Coach Van Dyke's doing a really good job of trying to stay on top as best he can. You know, again, I trust my players. That's a big part of this, Jerry. Like, I know they like to play. And, and, you know, when I talk to them, they're out, they're shooting, they're working out with their parents, or they're working out with one other person. 
they're in a gym alone, you know, they're doing stuff outdoors. Um, they're finding ways to do pull-ups and sit-ups. Maybe they don't have the weights. Um, but my guys like to work out. So, uh, and I do know every day I get the text on the phone, when is the APC open? You know, like <laughs> every day I get it. Can I just go in there myself? Can I just, I'm going to work out outside today. It's raining. You know, I get those all the time. So I'm hoping at some point in time we can get back into the APC, even if it's just one person, you know, working out and shooting and, and those kind of things. But those decisions are made at a higher place than, than, than me. So I am confident my guys are, are working out. Steve. You have a Division One athlete living under your roof right now. How much do you think that being a parent of you know college age students and a Division One athlete kind of changes the way you look at it versus if you were just a coach? I mean, it really changes things because you know I look at everything you know too from a coaching but from a parent lens. And my daughter just went back to Chicago, so uh, you know I know the worries that go in when she was here. I knew what she was doing. Uh, that go in and that's why I'm very uh, conscious of you know bringing kids back as long as they want to and as long as we explain what the guidelines are um, you know getting them back to playing and getting them back to you know safety but I, I think being a parent and being a parent of a daughter who was recruited and my other daughter recruited and my son goes to Rutgers is a freshman at Rutgers and oh, he's looking forward to getting back to campus and getting back to his life just as a, a regular student uh, you know, I, I see it firsthand, and I think it helps me, you know, make decisions, and it helps, you know, guide how I'm looking through the lens of a parent, too. So, um, you know, I think that's been, you know, a good thing for me, uh, you know, as, as I get older uh, to use as a tool and uh, how I approach things. So it's the same way, and I'll, I'll tell parents this all the time, you know, it's, my daughter goes away to school. I want to make sure she's safe, too. You know, it's the number one thing for her. And, 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 and when she's not, I want to know and I want her home, you know. So, um, you know, this is just new times for everybody. And it's we're fighting a virus and, um, that no one can see. And, and it's not easy. That was Monday's press conference with Rutgers men's basketball head coach Steve Peichel. Plenty more to come on the WRSU crew on the other side of this break. This is 88.7 WRSU-FM, New Brunswick.